everybody. Dr. Axe here. Welcome to the Dr. Axe Show. I'm here with my buddy, Dr. Will Cole. I've known Will for years. We uh, oftentimes enjoy sharing a meal at True Food Kitchen. And uh, we've spoken together at several conferences. And he's a really dear friend of mine. I love so many things about Dr. Will. Number one, he is an amazing person. I mean, I just love his character. He's got a lot of integrity. The other thing is he's an amazing physician. Like if I had a family member, my mom, my sister, my wife, I would feel comfortable sending them here to Dr. Will because, again, he's got great character and he's really an amazing doctor of functional medicine uh, who, um, again, cares about people and gets really good results. And so today we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about inflammation. We're going to talk about gut health. We're going to talk about thyroid, autoimmune disease and how to transform your health. Dr. Will, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Uh, very kind words. And I feel the same about you. Thank you. Thanks. So uh, let's start off talking about personal stuff. I, I saw you, you re recently went on a trip, right? I think I saw you and the fam. And uh, where were you guys? On a trip, we so were most recently in Maui, actually. That's where it was. Yeah, we were in Maui. And uh, my, uh, we, my wife's family's from Los Angeles area. So it's a lot of a, a lot closer flight for those West Coasters, us coming from Pennsylvania. <laughs> so that long flight with kids. But uh, it was a lot of fun to be all together, uh, all the grandkids for my in-laws to be there uh, in Maui. It was really cool. It's a beautiful place. Um, have you been to Maui before? No, we haven't. Uh, Chelsea and I, it's on our bucket list. We, yeah. we almost went the year before and then we're like, uh, we ended up going to Europe instead and doing, yeah. you know, everywhere over there. But I, Jordan Rubin, uh, my business yeah. partner went with Nikki and they brought their six kids, uh, last year and um it was a lot they came back tired yeah. but it was a blast they had a great time yeah a lot of fun first world problems but that six hour uh jet lag is no joke uh, coming back for the east coast oh yeah so <laughs> yeah. so what, what did you love about maui like what did you guys do while you were there we uh did a lot of relaxing and we went and saw different parts of the island it's such a cool uh it's surprisingly, it's, it's such a world destination, but it's still pretty private and pretty quiet. A lot yeah. of farmland, a lot of, and so many different, like the highest, uh, Haleakala, like the mountain, a part of it is it's, you can have snow there and it's in like the thirties and, and can be freezing. And then you can be down on the beach. So it's quite a exotic, unique place where you could be, uh, in the cold weather, you could be by, by the beach, you could be in Hana in the middle of the jungle. So it's a really cool place to explore. Uh, we went to different beaches with all different characters and characteristics. Uh, it's an awesome place to just chill out. Plus, they have a growing amount of wellness stuff there. I mean, they have a Whole Foods, but they have a lot of independent health food uh, stores there. I saw a few of uh, your lovely uh, products uh, around uh, Maui. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think the wellness world is is buzzing there and people are looking for options. It's such a remote place geographically, but to get more access uh, to quality stuff is it's just it's nice to see it growing because I went, uh, I've been there a few times over the years, over the past 13 years, I've really seen it growing uh, exponentially, the health industry there. I love it. We uh, actually, interesting, and this can lead into one of the things I want to ask you about, but we, um, uh, Jordan and I had somebody come over and speak to our team, and we also looked at sourcing some ingredients from, from Hawaii, and I was surprised at some of the amazing things they grow there. In fact, we looked at sourcing uh, ginger turmeric and sort of a cross, very similar cross between them, something called galangal. So anyways, I was... Um, 
uh, so impressed by this farmer and him talking about really the ideal soil conditions because of volcanic soil, how mm-hmm. nutrient rich the soil is. And I know they grow hemp there and all kinds of things. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I love that. So uh, I really consider you to be one of the world's leading experts on inflammation when it comes to diet. And you got a new book out. It's called The Inflammation Spectrum. I love to talk about inflammation today, the role it plays. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we can get into a lot of these different conditions that people struggle with. Everything, again, from autoimmune disease to hypothyroidism. Let's for, first off dive into inflammation. What is it? And, and what issues is it connected to? Sure. So inflammation is a product of our immune system. So it's in balance when it is in balance. It's actually a good part of our immune system. It fights viruses and bacteria. So healthy balance and inflammation is actually a good thing uh, for our body. But just like anything in the body, it's it's about balance. It's the Goldilocks principle, uh, not too high, not too low, but just just right, right? And, and that definitely applies to inflammation, just like it applies to hormones, like it applies to our gut microbiome, like everything else in the body. So the problem that we see today as a society is that there's inflammation out of balance. And it's this chronic insidious inflammation that's systemic that is associated with just about every health problem out there, right? I mean, from autoimmune conditions to diabetes, heart disease, cancer, to mental health issues like anxiety and depression and brain fog and fatigue. I mean, sadly, this is so pervasive, these health issues that people don't realize that there has at least one thing in common, and that's chronic inflammation. The far-reaching implications of this uh, is widely uh, misunderstood or not known. So uh, hopefully with my book, The Inflammation Spectrum, people can understand, and how I talk about inflammation is that it exists on a spectrum from low-grade symptoms like fatigue, like low-grade fatigue, brain fog, maybe background anxiety, maybe some digestive issues, to the other end of the inflammation spectrum where it's a full-blown you know, ICD-10 code, it's an autoimmune condition or uh, diabetes, et cetera, and then everything in between. So it's no matter where you're at on the inflammation spectrum, the question that I'm asking and the tools that I'm giving through functional medicine is what can you do today to start to calming down that inflammation to create more balance in the body? And you mentioned galangal. I actually have a galangal broth recipe in the book because of the impact that has on inflammation and so many other uh, exciting uh, research. There's so much exciting research as far as foods and the importance it can play. Every food we eat either feeds inflammation or fights it. It's it's modulating it in some way. And then all the non-food stuff, the lifestyle things like stress and toxic relationships and sleep and toxin exposure. All of these things are constantly and dynamically instructing inflammatory cascades. So it's educating people about this inflammation spectrum and then giving them tools to do something about it. I love it. It's fantastic. And this is one of the reasons you're, you're, I know you're such an effective doctor is you make things easy for people to follow. Uh, I love in your book, this, the inflammation spectrum here, you really get into uh, the spectrum, you know, and sort of the balance there, which is something not a lot of people talk about. Um, I want to hear a few things. I want to, I'm going to ask you in a minute, the top foods we got to get out of our diet, the top mm-hmm. foods we need to add in, the top herbs and supplements for fighting inflammation. Before I do that, though, I want to connect to do a few things. Let's talk about gut health. Um, how does inflammation specifically affect gut health? And what are maybe, as you're talking about, you said there's different levels of how inflammation can affect our body. What does that look like? And what's the cascade effect that can happen in terms of the gut and our microbiome? 
Yeah, it's a great point. So the way that I put the inflammation spectrum uh, in the book uh, and, and this concept, and it's really born out of just me seeing patients and consulting them online, is seeing the different uh, far, the different manifestations of inflammation in someone's body. So there's seven main sections as I see it on the inflammation spectrum. There's the brain, there's the gut, there's hormones, there's yeah, blood sugar regulation, there's detoxification, musculoskeletal, autoimmunity as its own entity uh, when the immune system turns against the body. And then this concept, the eighth section is polyinflammation or the interconnectedness, as you said, inflammation in one area can beget inflammation in other areas of the body. Uh, so the gut is such a major component of that because your gut is, as you know, more than almost everybody, 75% of your immune system is in your gut. So when you're dealing with inflammation, which is a product of the immune system, you have to look at where the predominance of the immune system resides, which is largely in the gastrointestinal system. So there's a lot of, and you can measure this on labs, you can quantify this, uh, seeing patients, you can just see this in people's lives. There's a lot of gut-centric or gut-originating inflammation impacting people in other parts of the body. So for example, the gut and brain axis very well researched the, in, the interconnectedness of the gut and brain and what's happening in the gut can impact brain health. Uh, these are inflammatory cascades between these two systems. And then if you want to go further downstream, the interconnectedness between the brain and the hormones so that you can see this ripple effect, this cascade effect between one area then rippling throughout the body. Uh, so to go upstream in many cases is going to the gut because of the power it wields on the immune system and because inflammation is a product of that, I find that it's very influential in our people's symptoms. And you don't necessarily have to have overt digestive symptoms mm -hmm. to have underlying gut problems. And many people think, ah, I go to the bathroom, all right, like it's not a major problem for me. But when you run labs or you really dig deeper, you can find, oh, look, there is dysbiosis, there is intestinal permeability. And these things are not just a doctor's opinion. It's very well documented in the scientific literature to be implicated in a lot of different non-digestive problems. So yeah, it's, it's definitely important to consider, uh, no matter who you are, if you're going through inflammation, to consider these uh, components to being a factor in why you feel the way that you do. Yeah, I mean, these are great points. And I, and I love uh, sort of one of the things I know that you sort of go through in the book is, again, it's a spectrum, you know, and that's why the book's called The Inflammation Spectrum. But I know when I, you know, as I started doing a lot of research in the gut, it just blew my mind that it can start with something simple like, oh, I've got a little gas and bloating. Uh, and people might think that's just normal. Everybody has that. But you look at that's really just, oh, you're scratching the surface there. And if that's not fixed over time, then it can cause some loose stool or constipation, which then will cause malabsorption of nutrients. And then you've got inflammation of the gut lining that whole time, which then can cause leaky gut, proteins, toxins, bad bacteria, getting into the bloodstream, recirculating, causing autoimmune disease, can lead to inflammatory bowel bowel disease and everything else. So it's crazy, but it's with like that with everything. You got a little mm -hmm. chronic pain. You got a little bit of a hormone imbalance. You've got a little bit of, and these things just keep getting worse over time. But the culprit yeah. as you're talking about is inflammation is so key. So let's talk about these foods. Let's mm -hmm. first talk about the foods that are going to help heal us, the foods that are going to help fight that fire in our body. What are your top five or 10 or whatever foods or food categories people should be consuming to fight inflammation? Uh, I, and th this is a, a great point. There's 
there's definitely foods to focus on. And what I wanted people to do in the book is to find out where they're at on the inflammation spectrum. And we start the book out with the quiz. The quiz is adapted from questions that I ask patients. So it's sort of a functional medicine insight uh, and curiosity on your health and finding out these pieces of the puzzle. So for example, if someone scores higher on the brain, we're going to give them things like nootropics and adaptogens mm. and things that improve BDNF. And if it's higher in hormones, we're going to go there and give toolbox for that. And same with digestive system and so on and so forth, no matter which area of focus on the inflammation spectrum, that's a, a, an issue for that specific person. Because that's really the heart of functional medicine. It. We're all different. And there's not a, uh, while all of these things are generally good, we can target them based on what's most condition specific to you as the person, as the reader, as the human being. Um, so specifically, some of the things that I love uh, for myself to help lower inflammation are healthy fats, uh, healthy plant fats specifically, things like avocados and olives and avocado oil and olive oil and wild caught fish with the healthy omega fats to help attenuate, calm down inflammation levels. Uh, another thing that I, I love are herbs and spices that uh, help with uh, down-regulating these inflammatory cascades like NF-kappa B and the NLRP inf inflammasome, all these pro-inflammatory cytokines. It helps cal calm them like ginger and turmeric. Yeah, I was going to um, ask, what are, what are maybe your five of your favorites that people can look out for, five of those herbs and spices that you just love? Sure. So you mentioned sure. ginger, you mentioned turmeric. Yes, yeah, so a specific turmeric. Uh, turmeric is the whole spices is fine. Uh, you can also get different uh, natural medicines, herb supplements that are standardized for higher amounts of these curcuminoids, which are a lot of the um, the research around uh, turmeric is on the benefits of curcumin. But as you and I, well both well know that we are scientists science is just catching up with antiquity we don't yeah. understand the whole food form and all the different compounds that interplay here so while we hang our hat on curcumin and it definitely is exciting but we know that there's other compounds too that impact inflammation so i'm excited about uh curcumin and turmeric i love uh, resveratrol which is a compound to help drive down inflammation that's found in different foods, as well as, again, supplement form. Ginger is amazing. Um, I love taro still bean, which is a little bit less talked about, but it's kind of like resveratrol's uh, like, uh, pumped-up cousin that can calm inflammation levels down. Uh, and I think CBD is fascinating and the endocannabinoid system and the impact that the endocannabinoid system has on downregulating inflammation and the impact that hemp oil and the different uh, compounds in hemp oil can have to help calm inflammation. So those are some that I yeah. love. I love adaptogens too on the modulation of inflammation, things like adaptogenic mushrooms. Uh, and a lot of these things that I'm talking about, you can either cook with them, you can get in supplement form make sure it's reputable source, that kind of stuff. But those are yeah. some things that I love. I love it. So some of the mushrooms you might be mentioning, reishi mushroom we know has been used for thousands of years. Uh, lion's mane, great for the brain. And then shiitake, great one to cook with. I want to encourage you guys. So uh, we're going to dive in. I'm going to ask Dr. Will here a lot more questions. We're going to talk about thyroid disease and chronic pain here in a second. But I want to encourage you guys, check out his new book. It's called The Inflammation Spectrum. And it's found on amazon.com. It's on barnesandnoble.com, and it's in bookstores nationwide. So, hey, just go to your bookstore, check it out. The thing I love about this book, too, it's a good kind of reference guide. You can go through There's a lot of great and fantastic recipes in here. He also goes through helping you pinpoint maybe which 
anti-inflammatory foods are best for you. If you've got a brain condition uh, that's neurodegenerative in nature, or you want to you want to prevent that, there are certain herbs like ginkgo biloba or uh, bacopa and others that are better for brain versus if you have heart disease, maybe it's hawthorn and omega-3 fatty acids and turmeric and other things that support the blood. So anyways, all that being said, I want to encourage you guys to check out that book because I know you, you and I share that, Dr. Well, that we um, believe in personalized medicine. We go back thousands of years ago, Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine, it was all personalized and today we're bringing it back. And so that's one of the things I love about you as well. And uh, want to mention one other thing. You're, you've got your own podcast, right? You do yeah. with a group. It's part of the Goop podcast, Goop podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. So Goop, as you know uh, very well, uh, Goop is a wellness brand uh, owned by Gwyneth Paltrow. Uh, and uh, her and uh, Elise Lonin, uh, a host, who's the chief content officer at Goop, they both host the main Goop podcast. And then Seamus Mullen, who's a chef, uh, amazing chef, friend of mine, and, and him and I host the podcast Goop Fellas, which is the first spinoff. And they now have a beauty podcast too, which is the second spinoff. But Goop Fellas, really exciting stuff. We're talking about different uh, life transformation. So people that have gone through really serious health problems, their different life traumas and how they overcame it. Or we're getting different experts in their field in the, in the space of mental health and physical health, financial health, and just hopefully giving people tools to improve their life. I love that. That's awesome. All right. So let's talk about a few other conditions. Let's talk about chronic pain. We know today, I, I just saw another, you know, medical doctor being arrested for overprescribing opioids. I mean, it was a, just an unbelievable number of opioids. And that's one of the things I love too, is you've worked with so many patients, helping them break free of a lot of these chronic pain meds. What are some of the best things people can do and any thoughts on, I'd love to hear your thoughts on overcoming chronic pain by balancing out inflammation? Uh, it's, it's, it's a powerful tool that we wield. And I know that people that are in chronic pain, they don't normally make those decisions lightly when they end up taking those medications and then they get hooked on them and they're designed in many ways to be addictive. And yeah. there's definitely no shame in that. And I think it's important that we're talking about this because most people are just trying to, trying to do the best they can with the yeah. information they have. And they're going to the source that we go to culturally for help. And then they're stuck on these highly addictive medications. So my heart goes, out to anybody stuck into that vicious cycle for yeah. sure because they don't even know there's other options yeah. they're told take this medication see you in six months and that's basically it and sadly there that's the problem that we're seeing in the news and it's not news to us in the functional medicine space the integrative medicine space the alternative space we understand this is, was going on years ago uh, and we saw it with our patients that were uh, on these drugs or on similar drugs and this is really just the tip of the iceberg I mean they're talking about this in the news but the reality is this is far bigger than just what we see right now um, and that we have to do something different to see something different. We have to start giving people alternatives and ways to help with chronic pain. And I think when you look at the exciting modalities that are coming up there, like cryotherapy and using food as medicine to drive down inflammation, uh, to give people more effective options that without all the negative potential side effects that a lot of these pharmaceuticals have, things like acupuncture, a lot of traditional yeah. things that have been used for thousands of years should at least be exhausted. 
before you go into the other realm, but they're not even being looked at. It's such a great point is it's not that there's not a place for them. It's that these other things that should be exhausted, these things that don't have side effects, you mentioned several of them, you know, acupuncture can be fantastic. Food is medicine. You know, you mentioned turmeric and all these things. And I've, we've done chiropractic before, you know, that helps with pain. There's loads of studies, especially for neck pain, low back pain, uh, with, with things and other things with things like chiropractic. So I'm, I'm in total agreement. Hey guys, Dr. Axe here to talk to you about multi-collagen protein from Ancient Nutrition. I personally believe that collagen can be one of the biggest game changers for your health. In fact, it's the number one supplement I consume and recommend on a regular basis. Here's why collagen is so critical. Your skin, your nails, your joints, even your gut is made up of collagen. And if you want to transform your health, I recommend you take it every single day to take what I believe is the highest quality collagen. Search Ancient Nutrition Collagen Protein today. Let's start here first, especially if you have a family member. I mean, it's always shocking the number of people that get addicted to pain medications. I mean, people that typically have no other addiction going on, they get on pain meds and then they stay on them or can't get off of them. It, it is absolutely shocking. But I know, again, one of the things that you teach and have worked with patients on and you have in your book is, hey, here's the best foods, here's the best uh, you know, herbs and spices and things for inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a few other uh, conditions. And I want to talk about the most inflammatory foods in a second. What about things like depression and anxiety? I mean, in your book and in your research, how much of a role did inflammation play in mood disorders? Mm. Yeah, this is widely uh, not talked about enough because we think of mental health separate than physical health. Mental health is physical health. Of course, there's situational circumstances where it's a situational anxiety, like a stressful job or a toxic relationship, but it's bi-directional. Our environment impacts our physiology or our stress and emotions impacts our physiology, external stressors and, and things that are not good, instructs our, physiolo- instructs our physiology. But conversely, our physiology instructs our biochemistry, uh, instructs our neurotransmitters and our mood and our emotions. So it, it's definitely two sides of a coin that we have to look at. And that's where a good, thoughtful introspection on a person's standpoint of what's going on with their body or from a health history standpoint, from a functional medicine perspective, what's going on here, what's driving this person. And there's this whole field of research called the cytokine model of cognitive function, mm. basically how inflammation is impacting our brains and what's implicated in this. It's anxiety, it's depression, it's fatigue, it's brain fog, it's ADHD, ADD, autism. So we have to look at the inflammatory components to these health problems because I, I see it overtly on an almost hourly basis that people come in with X, Y, and Z health problems. They'll say, okay, this is off, this is off, and this is off. And then they'll also mention anxiety. They'll also mention depression. They'll also mention fatigue. It is so ubiquitous. It's, it's staggering. Um, but again, just because something's common doesn't necessarily mean it's normal. And most of the, these, these things, are there's so much you can do through taking actions on your health, your health talking to somebody in functional medicine or integrative medicine that understands this from that this uh, holistic perspective or comprehensive perspective because people are trying to do the right things but they're still struggling so it's definitely shown in the scientific literature these mental health issues are having inflammatory components in 
many cases. Yeah, it's a huge deal. I'm so glad you're bringing this up. And again, inflammation strikes in ways we never thought possible. You're talking about mental disease. We could talk about cancer, diabetes, so many different things. Inflammation is a component of, of almost every disease we can, uh, we, we could come up with, yeah. uh, which we're coming up with new diseases daily. So, um, all right, let's talk about the foods that people need to get out of. And then at the end, I want to talk about What's a surprising food, maybe even health foods that people are like, oh, I'm eating this and it's great, but they don't realize it's sabotaging their health. So let's go through your top three, five, whatever, yeah. foods or food groups. And then, hey, what's a surprising one? Sure. So I actually put this in the book under two sections. And depending on their quiz score, I came up with two different elimination diet approaches for them to find out what foods work for them. And you know this, I know this. A lot of people don't know this, that these foods that I'm going to mention, some people work well, it works well for them. Some people, it doesn't. So bioindividuality, we're all different. That's the heart of functional medicine. But with that said, I would say these are the four and then four more, eight total things or foods that will drive inflammation in a lot of people. So I, I, I encourage people to test this for themselves through a thoughtful elimination diet to see what where do they where do they, how does their body react to this? Does their body love it or does it not love it? So top would be sugar. Uh, this is going to be refined sugar or any added sugar. Uh, second thing would be grains, uh, and that's going to be wheat, but also the gluten-free grains too, like corn and rice and, and things like that. Uh, the third would be high omega-6 oils. That's going to be canola oil and soybean oil. And these, uh, again, omega-6, good in nature, but out of proportion, omega-6 can drive inflammation levels. Uh, and a lot of these industrial seed oils are can be pro-inflammatory, especially in excess. And then the fourth would be dairy. And we have the conversation about the types of dairy and the beta A1, A2 casein and the different types. I, I don't, I'm not making any broad sweeping statements, but we have to look at the quality of the foods we're having and then test it for ourselves mm. and see what, how our body likes it or doesn't like it. So that, that's what I would call the core four, those four foods. And then four more would be for people that are higher on the inflammation spectrum. Not everybody has to eliminate these during an elimination diet, but if somebody scores higher on the, on the inflammation spectrum quiz or is going through more health problem, let's just say that, uh, I would consider for a time removing these foods to see if your body loves them or hates them. And that's going to be nightshades, which are peppers and tomatoes and eggplants and goji berries. Again, they are wonderful things from earth. God made them. There's nothing inherently wrong with them. But some people have such dysfunctional guts that their bodies are reacting to these proteins called alkaloids and lectins that are inside of these foods that are overreactive to them. So nightshades are going to be one plant group. Nuts and seeds, same thing. They can be reactive for people with these inflammatory problems. And I would say eggs, same thing. I love eggs, but some people have reactions to them. Um, and then legumes, which would be like beans and things like that. That's what I call a lemon eight or the number eight, where yeah. there's eight total things. Um, that's what I would say to test for yourself. But I know, hey, I do a fine with a lot of those foods. And I know a lot of our patients that do fine with some of them, but not all of them. So I, I really implore people to test it for themselves, see what's going on, because those are all, for the, maybe for the exception of, of sugar, all considered 
a natural food. Yeah. But I, I really, uh, we, we want to look at how your body reacts to them because under the umbrella of whole foods or real foods, what works for one person may not be right for you. That's great. What's a snack or something you see people eating when you go to a health food store, whole foods market or place and you're like, Oh, that person thinks that's healthy, but I know it's, it's causing inflammation. I would say any bar or treat that's going to be high in carbohydrates or high in sugar, we have yeah. such nice sounding euphemisms for sugar and carbohydrates. So it's just because it sounds better on a, on, a, on a label, I would really look a little bit deeper into the ingredients and read the macronutrients, read the nutritional label and look at how much sugar, look how much uh, carbs and fat and protein are in them. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of hidden sugar in a lot of natural things. And look, if they, the natural things that are in whole foods, they may be better than the standard American diet. And I would, I would probably venture to say they are, but just because something's better doesn't necessarily mean it's optimal. And I think that's what we're talking about leaning into these things that are better versions, the better sweeteners, better. Of course that's better, but we're talking about how do we move beyond just better to feel our best? I love it. Let's talk about the role of stress and inflammation. Okay. In your research, was there any correlation between, Hey, emotional stress, lack of sleep, those types of things, and inflammation in the body. Oh, it's, it's so important because it's not just about food. I mean, I love focusing on food. It's important for us to check ourselves as clinicians to not become overly myopic and say, well, it's just about food. Because I see people that eat like rock stars. They eat amazing uh, throughout the day, but they're you know serving themselves a big slice of stress every day. And that's junk food for the soul. That's, that's, that's counteracting all the good, healthy things they're having for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I... You cannot, uh, it is sabotaging people unknowingly uh, that they have to deal with what they're serving their spirit. What are they serving their heart and their mind throughout the day? Because that's food that's impacting their physiology on a, on a emotional level and on a mental level. And what happens to us on the outside in our life is instructing our biochemistry. So it is not just what I see clinically, but also you can look at the research is at the uh, people with autoimmune conditions or these hyper flared uh, triggered of uh, inflammatory cascades have more traumatic life events compared to control groups in the year that they were diagnosed. Meaning that you look at people that have gone through trauma in their life and you see the level of of autoimmunity, it's pretty astounding. And oftentimes, yes, it's getting the it's getting the diet cleaned up. Yes, it's dealing with the gut because it wields a lot of influence on the immune system, but it's also healing the trauma that they went through emotionally to really allow their body to let go of that constant barrage of this inflammatory cascade mm -hmm. going on in their body. That's not a quick fix. Uh, that's definitely a journey, but it's one that I find that many of our patients have to go through. Because even if you think about it on like a spiritual level or a, a mental, emotional level, what is autoimmunity? It's the immune system attacking parts of the body. And I find that a lot of people, and when you look at the statistics, autoimmunity is predominantly women. 
that's what a lot of women are, are, are going through. They're kind of feeling like their bodies betrayed them because they, ha- they can't eat food and they're causing these reactions and they feel like food is their enemy. And I feel you've, you almost have this self-attack that's going on on a mental, emotional level, but it's also going on on a physical level. That's not a coincidence. So we have to start looking at these facets to physiology that's, that's in part explaining the rise of autoimmunity. Wow, it's powerful. I mean, it's a powerful connection to think about, you know, somebody who is having feelings of shame and guilt, beating themselves up, and how, in fact, beating themselves up mentally can actually be beating themselves up physically, and maybe even causing your own body to turn on you in certain Mm -hmm. ways. I mean, that's just, it's powerful. I know that if we dive into Chinese and Ayurvedic medicine, they would really get into, that's exactly what's happening and how that works. And it's just, so fascinating yeah it is go ahead no i was gonna say it's not talked about it's just normally you go to a conventional doctor and it's take the steroid take this immunosuppressant and they're not asking these questions so at the very least again not to say there's not a place for these things but we should start asking the questions what is going on in the first place yeah that's fantastic you know one of the things as you mentioned steroids there it's crazy to look at when you look at the side effects of these medications for eliminating pain or inflammation. I remember years, I don't know if you remember the drug, this is probably, it was banned, uh, my guess is about eight years ago, it was a drug called Vioxx, and killed tens and tens of thousands of people. Actually, it was causing people's hearts to explode, and that was on the market for years. It was approved, Celebrex, all of these medications, opioids, these were approved, and and our medical community said, hey, we said we did double blind studies, we did research, we did obviously not well enough. And I'm glad finally some of these companies there's backlash. But here's something to remember just everyone listening, there isn't a medication, especially a pain medication that doesn't have a serious, serious side effect, even though you're not feeling it right, then it is happening in the body, the steroids, the way it leeches and actually destroys your bones and your collagen, your ligaments, your tendons, you're weakening the structures deep within yourself. So anyways, that's me going on my little rant there. But that being said, the good news is there are all natural ways to reduce inflammation and chronic pain. And they don't work necessarily as fast as some of these other drugs. Now, something like doing cannabis medicinally, which I'd love to hear your thoughts on, Dr. Will. Some of these things are more slowly over time, but again, it's the better way to do it. Remember, pain is a warning sign. Your body's trying to tell you something there as well. Well, what are your thoughts on medicinal cannabis? I think it's definitely something that should be explored, uh, both in the research and the benefits of it. And it, it's exciting, I have to say, say when, you start, when your day job like my, like my own is talking to people with these chronic inflammatory health issues and people with autoimmunity being the top patient base, uh, it can be a game changer for them to have an open, honest conversation with their doctor, obviously looking at the state laws and the, the rollout of that and how, what that looks like. But uh, while being legal and making uh, open, honest conversation, having open, honest conversations with your doctor, I think it can be a great tool to consider. Uh, and I know both patients and uh, personal colleagues of ours and friends of ours, that it's a game changer in their health uh, and improving their health. Uh, people with things like MS, people with different neurological inflammatory problems, people with de- different autoimmune issues, it really can be a game changer. And these things have a lot less side effects 
uh, can be very effective. Uh, so I, I think it's a good thing to be leaning into as a society. I think it is obviously the wild, wild west right now when it comes to CBD and all the products out there. But with time, I think we will, the dust will settle a bit and the really effective ones, the quality ones, the reputable ones will still shine through after the, 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 uh, you know, blogosphere, uh, bubble ha has calmed down. Totally. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more for sure. So tell me about your family, how you guys stay healthy. I'd, I'd love to hear just hey, in the life of Dr. Will, Hey, what, what do you, what do you eat to stay healthy? Hey, maybe for breakfast and dinner, what do you do with your kids to stay healthy yeah. breakfast and dinner? And then what, what other things do you do? Do you guys take any supplements? You know, how, how do you guys stay healthy? So I uh, typically will do intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding in the morning. Uh, I will um, do typically a 12 to 6 or 12 to 7 time-restricted feeding window. So basically I'm eating between noon and 6 to 7 p.m. Um, and I will typically drink green tea or like uh, there's a fasting tea with cinnamon and bergamot in it or even Earl Grey tea with bergamot, which Naomi Whittle, a, a friend of yeah. ours, talks about in her book and bergamot increases autophagy or cellular repair and recycling. So I typically will do that in the morning. Uh, and then at lunch, I'll have, I eat a predominantly ketotarian lifestyle where it's just my first book. It's a mostly plant-based keto way of eating. So pescatarian approach to that where it'll involve wild caught fish fresh seafood grass-fed beef occasionally and then lots of good uh, vegetables a lot of them are cooked to make them more digestible for me um, so I'll have like a pesto zoodle bowl uh, for lunch for example that is a recipe in ketotarian which is uh, with this avocado uh, oil dressing some uh, vegan like nut cheese uh, you could modify that obviously as you needed to and then uh, I typically we'll have like a protein shake, like a more of a keto protein shake where I'll use one of your um, like a collagen powders, uh, bone broth collagen powders with some avocados and greens and coconut milk in it. And then for dinner, some sort of wild caught fish and lots of good uh, cooked uh, vegetables, uh, roasted vegetables like Brussels sprouts, some sulfur rich vegetables to increase methylation. Um, yeah, so that's a typical day. And then I'll add things as needed and but there's so much that you can do within that paradigm of being what I would consider a more clean ketogenic lifestyle and then there I do a cyclical approach which I know that you're yep. an advocate for most people as well where I'll be in ketosis three to four days out of the week and then I'll cycle out of it and I find that works really well for me so I'm not always in ketosis and now I increase my carbs is like sweet potatoes I love sweet potato fries no shame in that oh yeah uh, more f fruits, uh, you know, smoothies, add more fruits to my smoothies, things like that. Um, nothing too crazy. It would be the, the grams of carbs would probably be a one, around 100 to 150 a day, which compared to the standard American, it's really nothing. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm not in ketosis. So that's a typical day. And my kids eat clean. Uh, I, my kids, uh, it's interesting because you have to, as a parent, make food, and this applies to adults too, but make food fun don't make it dogmatic or punitive or shaming your kids around food or 
being holier than thou and judging people that are not eating like you eat. That's not where we come from at all with our kids. So it's really just empowering them to start to, again, making it age appropriate, but they can go to a restaurant now at 13 and 10, and they've been able to do this for most of their life, actually, and be able to order things and to ask, hey, is that gluten-free or what's, what's that, uh, what's in that, or can I, can I have that? And they just are curious and ask questions yeah. about the menu. So even when they're eating out, they are empowering themselves to make educated decisions on the foods that they eat. And my kids aren't anything you know, they are just average kids. I'm not bragging on my kids. I think any kid can do that, but it's just as parents, us, uh, empowering our kids to do that. I love it. That's awesome. I want to encourage you guys check out Dr. Will's new book. It's called the inflammation spectrum. And if you're a person saying, okay, I've got heart disease, I've got brain neurological issues. I've got thyroid issues, autoimmune disease, gut problems, chronic pain or inflammation. You got to check out this book or Hey, if you're pretty healthy, and you want to live a long time and stay healthy, reducing inflammation is key. I mean, there's one thing, Dr. Well, you know, you and I together have interviewed so many people from, you know, last week I interviewed Dr. Oz, the week before David Perlmutter. I mean, we talked to all these people and every single one of them will tell you the same thing. 99.9% .9 of people need to follow a diet that helps them balance or reduce inflammation because almost every disease, they have this in common. So this is a great book for people to read because we all need it. We all need to keep our inflammation levels low. It allows us to stay healthy. I want to say, Dr. Well, I love you, man. Thanks so love much for coming on the show. Tell the wife uh, I said, hey, and uh, yeah. have, a, have a good rest of the day. Maybe Are you done for the day? I am pretty much done pretty much done for the day. All right. Awesome. Well, hey, have a good rest of your day. And uh, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. Great. Thanks, everybody. Okay. So if you have a favorite part of this episode, make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was on the Instagram post. Go there right now. Also, hey, don't forget to follow me uh, my handle, it's at Dr. Josh Axe on Instagram. I cover the latest health news in natural medicine, talk about everything from essential oils to herbs and spices, and how to naturally support your body in healing. Also, do me a big favor. If you loved this podcast, go to iTunes right now and leave a five-star rating. If you loved anything about this show, I so appreciate you being on mission with me to help transform the health of this world. I'll see you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and ingredients discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guests' qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.